Hi, so I'm on the seafront and I've bumped into two runners. Liz Elliott. And Kerry Turner. I saw you, Liz and Kerry. Uh, Liz, you're, I believe you're training for something big at the moment. Um, I'm running 100 miles in the month of November to raise some money for my son's school, Mary Rose Special Needs School in Portsmouth. 100 miles in a month. So h- how's that going? It's going all right, but my dad's doing it as well. He's 83. Wow. So he's, he's, the, he's the one that's actually going to be raising more money. That's absolutely right. What's his name? Barry Elliott. Barry, good luck. <laughs> Thank you. Can I ask you what you guys are doing today? Um, well, I'm going to go to the gym and then back home doing some housework and usual boring stuff. <laughs> and, a, and a run today is on the cards, or have you yeah, done it? Yeah, a- no, we're just doing a run. We're just doing a hopefully a little catch-up, a little down. run and a catch-up. Yeah, before we get locked down again. I so, know oh, it's terrible, <laughs> isn't it? Well, good luck. Thank you very much for your time, and good luck for the hundred miles, and good luck to your dad as well. Thank you very much. Take care. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Take care. Hi, I'm here on this beautiful, it's Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, it's Wednesday morning. It's glorious sunshine, no wind today, which is lovely. And I've bumped into a runner. And your name is? Amy. Amy, nice to meet you. What are you training for, Amy? Um, For my own sanity, to be perfectly honest. Um, As we know, most of the races are sort of cancelled and really struggling at the minute. So... I run to keep saying, to be honest. That's, that's the best reason, I think. Just run and enjoy it and keep saying, yeah, so races are not really needed, are they? So what are you doing today? What's, what's, the, what's the training plan today? Um, I'm just doing a quick uh, sort of 5K, just to clear my head this morning. And it's a beautiful day. It's so nice. It is glorious, isn't it? Just in that, in that sunshine, it's warm. In the shade, it's freezing cold, but in the sunshine, it's warm, isn't it? Amy, thank you so much for your time, and I hope you enjoy your run. Thank you. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Portsmouth Running Podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Daniel Del Piccolo, uh, and I have the most magnificent bastard in the world with me, my co-host. David Harvey. Was that intro a little bit better, Dave, rather than saying you're you're an awesome legend? What's that? No, that was good. That was fine, man. Um, I'm happy happy with that. (laughs) I love you, dude. I do love you. (laughs) G'day, mate. Oh, it's right. Yeah, it's <laughs> a lovely like day, dude. Lovely day today. It's, in fact, it's um, very, it's looking very Australian in the sky, I'd say, because it's uh, been, it, it, been quite nice the end of this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking out over the fields in front of the house, and there's definitely like a red glow in the sky. So oh, beautiful. Lockdown, lockdown two has brought us good weather, like lockdown one. It's just bloody freezing. So, do you know? I haven't even pieced that together in my mind yet. But you're right because the lockdown version 1.0 was. Um, yeah, it was really sunny. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if this is going to be the the more efficient lockdown um, of the two, but mm. they've given weather. They just need to heat it up a little bit because it's just so cold, so cold. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is cold. I think I've seen a lot more um, out and about on the streets uh, around Portsmouth and the seafront and stuff. I've seen a lot more gloves. I've seen less tights this year, but it's certainly a lot more gloves and hats. But how's things going generally? Um, how, how, how you guys? How are you guys both doing? Because obviously there's been some terrible news with regards to the South Downs Way 100, which is I think is the is the best yeah. race in the UK myself. But obviously it was cancelled. And yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, I miss out on the South Downs 100 anyway because it um, it normally falls on Download Festival. So okay. you know, if there's like bands to go and see, then I always miss out on running, go and go get drunk in the field instead. Yeah, yeah. This I was really looking forward to it, and poor Heather, who has not done a hundred before, and she's like, she she like really trained hard for it. Mm. Uh, has not drunk, you know, has done everything that is expected of her. Done, not missed a session. And then last last Saturday, it looked like we we're going into lockdown. So 
she sat there with watching Boris and there was a can of 0% Heineken in front of her and a can yep. of Chrome. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> we're going to a lockdown, then the race is going to be cancelled and I'm going to have a proper beer. Okay. okay. Um, so about half past seven, quarter to eight last Saturday, we had ourselves a beer. Okay. Um, on a call. <laughs> Drown the woes of it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was a bit gutted, but I know a lot of people have trained really hard for that. So um, yeah, yeah, bad, isn't it? And it was a decent, you know, it looked like it's going to be a decent day as well. So I've seen loads of um, posts actually on on Instagram, and obviously, like a lot, I think a couple of the previous guests on the show have all um, were all training for their first first hundred for this as well. I know um, David Poole was training for it, and quite a few quite a few other runners we know in the area and obviously heather like you've mentioned so it's it's disappointing but at the same time it's like i guess you can take when you when after the after the shock and the, the disappointment you can kind of take all the training you've done and, and and it does go into that kind of long-term fitness bracket so you take that training with you and that experience with you anyway so yeah. um yeah, yeah definitely don't you it's a good point yeah it's it's it can just like take a week off and then build again i think would be the the good thing to do absolutely and that's what you've done as well hasn't it you've, you've had a week off yeah i've done absolutely nothing this week been sat oh. on the sofa i think i've managed 800 steps on one of the days so wow lazy <laughs> what about yourself <laughs> uh, myself uh, what have i been up to so i think the first half of this week was was just kind of the tail end of that awful storm aiden uh yeah. but i had a very interesting time on the weekend because I, I ran i ran both days last weekend uh, but the Sunday, I decided to go off at the high tide point when Storm Aiden was at its worst, which just coincided quite nicely at about, I think it was about quarter past 11 in the afternoon, uh, sorry, in the morning. And yeah, I decided to go behind the the pyramids again, which is which is one of my favorite things to do when, when the weather's at its worst. And it gets a little bit dicey behind there. I probably wouldn't recommend doing it because uh, you end up kind of knee high in water a lot of the time and, and it does get a little bit choppy. Uh, but yeah, I made the decision to run around there and, and it was, it was quite good fun. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was gusty and, and very, very wet and cold, but it was at the same time, it was really refreshing. Good, and, good, for, good for the soul. And, um, you, you did it with your top off then, did you? <laughs> I was trying to cold weather train, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a bad reputation for this, but yeah, I've just been trying to get used to the cold a little bit. So I've been doing yeah. a, doing a little bit of, as I call freedom running. So, uh, inspired well, by cold- Anton Kaprichka over in the states <laughs> yeah he did it because it was the absolute opposite because it was bloody boiling hot that's true oh, yeah. actually yeah that's true yeah. although it doesn't doesn't don't doesn't clothing kind of protect you from the sunshine as well so isn't it meant to be kind of good to protect yourself your skin direct yeah. from, the, from the contact i think if you live in like the, the mountains in california then you can probably get away get away with it but i know that when i did western states i was like covered from head to toe just to make sure that i did kept the sun off me yeah yeah when you're not used to it you're right it's uh pretty harsh pretty harsh but listen dave i've i've been up to something else as well Um, and obviously just sorry on the on the tail end of what i was what i was telling you the first half of the week was was pretty windy and wet like like everybody um suffered but yeah just the the second half of the of the week has been sunny and nice and i've been kind of nursing a little bit of an injury on on one of my legs which i i think may be um the start of a of a bit of a stress point on, on my tibia but uh just easing off the 
the, the tempo sessions a little bit and just taking just enjoying the running a little bit and just taking taking the the foot off the accelerator i think should be enough to 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 get it back to to normal so we'll see how that goes um but yeah i i also um tried tried the vim hoff uh, all right tell me <laughs> So, yeah, I promised I'd come back and kind of give you the, the results on how it went. But uh, yeah. so I had to, so I asked, obviously asked you a few questions about, you know, when it comes to doing it, how many of these kind of breathing phases and rotations do you do and stuff? And yeah. I, I've done it a few times now. And I can honestly say for, for all the times I do it, I, I definitely get majorly faint. Uh, and I've, yeah. I've seen him say, if you get to that point, kind of stop and do do the whole breath. Uh, and then continue on to phase two and stuff. So I've been doing that, but the only thing I've I've noticed that I've managed to increase my the ability to hold my breath probably from just under a minute to about a minute and a half, maybe just over. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm not doing it religious religiously every day, but um, but yeah. So yeah, my results is I I my result is I I can hold my breath longer. That's well, that's pretty good. I mean, that's that's part of it, and I think it's about like increasing in your ability to get rid of carbon dioxide so you should be able to hold your breath for longer um i mean i i think last week i did it up to four minutes 43 on the breath hold that's amazing that, that's a long time to be holding your breath yeah it's amazing and you know i think the amount of times that i've partied and smoked and stuff in the past yeah but that's you know that's pretty good but then you know i've, I've noticed that if you have a few drinks then the next day and the breath hold really doesn't uh, last very long. So you'll start off at about a minute and a half and then increase there. But I don't know. I think that, have you tried cold showers yet? Or you just don't do no, that? No, no, no. I, I know that's kind of all a part of it uh, mm. as well with, with Wim Hof. But I've not, I've not done, the, I've not managed to bring myself to actually have a cold shower yet or a cold bath. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do, do ice baths count in the same category as that as well? Yeah, I mean, ice baths you could you can do, but I think it's probably best to sort of start doing the cold showers to get used to doing the cold. Oh, man, I, I, you know, I just can't. I mean, I can jump in the sea and stuff and have a bit of fun with it, but but to sit under a under a cold yeah. shower, when, oh, I don't know. Are you still doing them? I'm still doing the cold showers every day. So, yeah, I mean, this morning, because I've had the day off, and it's been a pretty good day, actually, because do you know what, man? I never, ever have a lion, and this okay. morning... Bed at 11 but i've kind of done five rounds of wim hof and got it up to about three or four minutes on the breath hold and felt amazing but um yeah i mean like after that have a cold shower do that yeah. every day like my routine and then do a little bit of yoga as well but um i don't know for, for me i'm sure that it's managed kind of like that general anxiety about life a lot better than than i ever did before and I okay. think the science behind it also sort of um, looks at getting rid of carbon dioxide in your body um, and putting you under stress as well about being able to deal in, in stressful situations a lot more calmly. Okay, interesting. So, uh, yeah, lo yeah, lots of benefits from it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's not it's not a load of, like, uh, quackery or um, a load of rubbish. It is actually, you know, yeah. sort of science-based. I, I think a lot, a lot of those... A lot of these 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 things that are kind of coming out now, like you know, every, everything from meditation to mindfulness to to Wim Hof breathing to even even running to to a certain degree, it's like if you've got something to focus on and something some kind of practice or or rhythm or 
um, you know, regular thing to do. It it does. I think it's really beneficial in a lot of ways, even if it even if it is some of it or some of the sessions are just for your own kind of mental health and and kind of well being. Yeah. I think there's definitely something good that comes out of these things. So um, I'm going to carry on with it and just see just see where it goes. I'll see if I can catch up to you uh, four minutes. <laughs> Dave, on, on this week's show, obviously we've got a, a, a show to crack on with. We've done the the South Sea snippets already at the beginning of the show. We decided to put them in before the before the intro music, so that was great. Thank you to to the runners who I bumped into and interrupted on their runs. Um, it's always lovely to chat with uh, with new people and meet new runners. But um, on this week's show, we get to chat with the lovely Charlotte Charlotte Jaley from Rerun, and then what we'll do is dive straight in with our featured guest this week. Uh, and that is the the awesome Ian Briscoe, who I met out uh, on South Sea Seafront probably probably about a year ago, I reckon. Ian runs with the Baffins Foot Club. So, Dave, I'll speak to you again after the interviews. All right, Steve. Hi, Charlotte, uh, and welcome to to the show. I was so pleased that you agreed to come onto the podcast uh, and speak to us all about rerun clothing. So, I very much appreciate the time. Um, and how are you doing? Uh, very good. I'm very good. Everything on our end is well, so that's nice. Excellent. Really good to hear. Um, how's the last six months been uh, for you during during the madness of COVID-19? So actually pretty, in terms of rerun, pretty consistent and okay. uh, doesn't feel like we had we had six weeks where at the during the first lockdown where we um closed um okay. just went straight back into it and our kind of everything's been really the same as it was before we haven't had more or less donations we haven't sold more or less so it's been interesting yeah it's been really consistent okay um so i guess before we kick off with some specific questions about rerun itself um i have to ask are you a runner yourself I'm um, a really inconsistent runner, so <laughs> I do. I've found the best way to describe it for the last ten years. I'll do a couch to five k, okay. and then I won't do anything for three months, and then I'll do a couch to five k, uh, and in and consistently and in between, I will do yoga. Well, I, I always hear the phrase "consistency is keys," Charlotte. So there you go. You've you've you've, you've nailed it. I'm consistently inconsistent. Yep, and that's good enough. <laughs> that's cool. That's good to hear. Um, any other any other new hobbies or, or talents picked up during lockdown? Yeah, knitting. Oh really? Oh, knitting. I, I'm I, so jealous of people that can knit. Oh, honestly, because it's such a cool talent. So you could be able to make yourself like an item of clothing. I think is is brilliant. Uh, that's exactly how I feel. I, I I I can knit myself a piece of clothing, and now I'm I've got this long list of people that want something. So that's exciting as well to be able to make something else something for someone else as well so yeah, yeah. that's been a gift brilliant and oh, that's all that's so cool to hear so you'll, you'll be making a, a few christmas presents i'm sure <laughs> yeah i've got one yeah yeah so I, I guess might be a good idea to to maybe ask now um exactly what rerun is because um i, I mentioned to you before we started recording that that you know many people obviously you're growing in the in the running community itself but many people still haven't heard of, of you and you're very close to us here in Portsmouth being based in uh, Shoreham-on-Sea so could you tell us a little bit about about what it, what Rerun is and, and what it's all about? Yeah so Rerun is three years old um, it, we are a community interest company and we set up to 
uh, well, we is me, Charlotte, and Dan Lawson, my partner, who is also a runner, um, and our children. Um, And we set up Rerun because we wanted to raise awareness around textile waste generally, uh, but using our kind of niche, this running community that we are all a part of. And we wanted to do something positive with our time. And this is what we came up with. So we are essentially a, well, what we started as is a secondhand running clothing company um, where we thought, there's all these we know how good it is to you know how much of an impact wearing your clothes longer and buying secondhand clothing can have on uh the environment Mm -hmm. um so that was how we started and we thought we can be that voice in our little corner of the world but during the three years it has evolved and um turned into something much wider and more wonderful than that yeah I think when you start something like this with with as much passion and drive as you guys uh, you have with it, um, it, it you're right. You can't foresee what kind of doors and, and, and avenues are going to open. Yeah, I mean, we started just thinking that we would be like a charity shop for secondhand clothing, mm. but but just fitness because we felt that there was a taboo around it at the time that people were less likely to want to buy secondhand fitness clothing and we wanted to kind of champion that yeah Um, yeah so but yeah then then it changed that's that's brilliant and and can I ask also um, I know you just touched on it a little bit but but why why did rerun come about was there a specific kind of moment where where you thought you know this is something that we've that we've got to do yes very much specifically there was a, a moment we we have spent the last 10 years as our children were growing up spending the winters in India in a little fishing village in the in the south of Goa we 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 worked there for for a while and Dan Lawson uh, was sponsored and it was coming up to his renewal and we were chatting about how he wasn't really enjoying the the sponsorship lifestyle I guess uh, of it anyway he was very much enjoying the running very much grateful and appreciative of the sponsorship and really happy with his sponsors and was having some great experiences but behind it all he was uncomfortable with the um essentially what he saw as being a a cog in the kind of consumer element the 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 selling part of it yeah I get it yeah yeah so he um so we just started to talk about it and, and brainstorm how we could do it differently how he could do it differently and what he could do and he actually initially I'd forgotten about this approached his sponsors and said I, I can I just run in all the old stuff or the second the the like stuff that the other sponsors don't want to wear anymore and um I, I think maybe now that might be received differently but at the time it was kind of like mm, yeah okay we'll think about that but nothing really came of it okay. and then, so he decided uh so they kind of listened but nothing really came of it and it, and that fizzled out because either end no one pushed and we and that's where rerun was born we started to think well why don't we because he said I just want to run in the stuff I've got I've got enough yeah. stuff to last me forever 
Um, so then we just expanded that and we thought, right, well, let's let's try and get other people doing that as well. So okay. that is how it was born. Yeah. And on to, to top that, we were in India where it's so wonderful in that everything in India is on the surface. Everything is out there to see. And you, we have, we have probably the same, we're just as wasteful. And, but in India, there here, we're better at hiding it in the West. We bury thing in the, things in the ground and we burn it and we put it in our bins and you don't really see it. But there in India, it's on the side of the road. It's just every in the sea it's everywhere for people to see the waste. So having, being in India and seeing that around us really made us want to impact and create less waste ourselves. Yeah, so, wow, that's that's something I can so r- relate to, the way you've just described that is that, you know, over here, everything is hidden. Over there, you, you can say, I've, I've been to India myself and spent a little bit of time in Bangalore. And yeah, yeah I can completely relate to how you've just, describe that and and, and you're, it's it's so true yeah over here over here you know it's out of sight and out of mind is the is yeah. the phrase I think yeah um, and that's a gift to the that, that you see it I think it was definitely a gift for us because it, it's just a a reminder really that you there is no way so mm. yeah okay so uh, Charlotte with your experience now that you've picked up um running running rerun uh so excuse the pun running rerun um yeah. Exactly how much of a problem is running clothing causing to the environment? Because there's obviously racers giving out items and goodie bags and T-shirts and bottles everywhere. I mean, surely that's it's just it's, it must be adding a huge amount to to landfill. Yeah. So I, I want to be careful here. I can only speak for our little corner of the world. And we're quite I mean, we are quite a small company with a growing following. Yes. Um, so I, so I'm very careful to only speak for what we see, what we see and what we've experienced. So okay. when we started, as I said, we thought we would just kind of be part, you know, extending the life of secondhand clothing. Of so we put the word out and we asked people to runners to send us clothing that they were no longer wearing and that they no longer wanted. Um, and we, what happened was we started to receive just all these this race these race t-shirts and so many of them were unworn and they made up about 70 percent of our donations wow Um, and it we just initially we thought well what are we oh dear like oh no what are we going to do with all these t-shirts like there's nowhere there's nowhere for them to go like no one people don't want to rebuy an old finishes t-shirt um so we ended up with a few thousand and then also uh event organizers started getting in touch of them can you help us so we just kind of stockpiled them initially and then started to research as you say how much of a problem it is and um yeah the 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 production of these 100% polyester, which is mostly what they are, T-shirts mm-hmm. um, that are essentially plastic bottles made into, you know, they're the same raw material as a plastic bottle that we wear. Yeah. And yeah. the equivalent of, I don't know, seven seven bottles upwards of T-shirt. 
miles and miles of yarn is um, the impact on the environment is huge, especially if they're not worn. So if they're worn and loved for years and years and years, 10 plus years, then it's not so bad. But what we were finding was that they were not being, you know, we were receiving them still in their packets. So, um, so yeah, that was our first mission was, right, let's try and let's put this out there that this is happening. Yeah. Essentially don't want that. Not everybody wants their race t-shirt and let's raise awareness and let's see what comes of that. Because the first step is awareness, isn't it? If you don't know, you can't make change, which is where the India uh, analogy comes in with all the, if you can't see it, you can't do anything about it. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's that right. first started to, to okay. change the, the initial ethos of the company. Yeah. So I think some of the statistics that, that I've kind of read and, and heard, heard both you and Dan speaking about before are actually quite, quite mind blowing. And, and one of the things I want, I wanted to talk about just very, very briefly or mention to, to the listeners out there and, and chat with you about was the fact that a, a shoe can take is it up to 12,000 months which is which is what a thousand years to to erode which basically means that every single running shoe and probably every single running item out there still exists yeah yeah single it's insane item uh if it hasn't been burned it it still it still exists yeah wow that's absolutely uh mind-boggling and uh, i think there was a, a ridiculous stat that said i think in i read on the internet that in 2019 adidas which was last year uh, adidas alone made uh, i think it was over 440 million pairs of shoes yeah yeah and that's just one shoe company just yeah. one in one year there's yeah. an estimate there's the it's there's around we produce around 150 billion units of um clothing every year which which if you were to divide it roughly equally it's about 20 items per person per year and when you think that clothing lasts you know i've got bits of clothing from my mother from the from the 1970s and 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 on top of that not everyone in the world is buying clothing at that rate it's just an obscene amount of clothing that's being produced so yeah something something needs kind of shift a little bit there I think because there's some of us that have too much and then some of us then there's other people that don't have that can't afford clothes and don't have enough clothing basic clothing so yeah there needs to be some kind of shift for sure yeah no absolutely I've, I've seen I've seen some of the like amazingly unique items uh, that you sell to be to be reloved as I say rather than pre-loved <laughs> um it makes me feel like like rerun itself is is in my mind is kind of like a and and this is in a good way a mashup between like a running shop a curio store and the tv show repair shop if you if you've ever seen that um so i can imagine you guys working in the working in some workshop somewhere you know being all creative and working with these piles of of t-shirts and stuff so that's just kind of like how i imagine that you work but can you take us a little bit through the process of what happens to to clothing once it gets donated to you and how it kind of ends ends up back out in the in the running community oh, okay so yeah we'll um we will take so we put out there that we'll take anything so it, whatever condition it is we'll take it and i'll promise that we will that we have committed to uh, tr- trying to keep is that none of it will go to landfill so three years on so far we have managed that 
However, well, I'll get to that bit in a minute. So we yeah. receive, we'll receive some clothing um, and we'll go through that. Some of it will go, if it, if it can go to a runner, then we'll put it on the site and we'll sell it. And we sell okay. it uh, deliberately at a an affordable price. But, can, so, I just, can I just interrupt there? The prices that you guys sell the, the clothing at, I, I can just reiterate that that point, Charlotte, that you made is it's really affordable because I've, I myself a couple of years ago bought a couple of pairs of Hoka trainers from you guys and mm. they're still going. I've, mm. I've run a I've run hundred miles in one, one pair of them uh, in one go. So they, they are good. And they're just, I think I paid about a tenner for each one. So yeah. It's, yeah. it's really worth it. So, yeah. Yeah. So we do that because uh, one, because the clothing is donated to us uh, and also because we want to kind of create, share, share the love within, within the community. So, um, and also because not everybody can, and, and I consider myself as coming from that, this place, not everybody can afford these some of these clothes this clothing is really really expensive so I feel yeah. like it's a really nice thing to be able to kind of cover it to to have like old school charity shop shopping yeah yeah absolutely yeah. you know and and you'd be like really excited so yeah so so some will go on the site if we when if we just stuff that can be still running and still have use in the running world will go on the site. Um, we do get a, a fair amount of stuff that's new and with tags, and some of that will go on, but we also split that between the, the site, and then we have another element to the site, which is called the shoe bank. And the shoe bank is a closed area of the site that we put things, it's a, it runs a bit like a food bank, everything on there is free, and we invite, and actively look for and spread the word for um people to if you're um sorry i'm stuttering a bit no 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 take, take your time <laughs> so we work with charities and organizations that work with people who may have difficulty having access to uh, running equipment but okay. we invite individuals to just you know even if they if you're not part of a group but you're facing financial hardship, then you you also can get in touch and and um, we can see how we can help you. That's amazing. So, yeah. so some of the stuff that's donated goes on there, but we're also supported by um, a bra uh, Innovate, and then uh, there's a few running shops, uh, Run for It, Hove. Um, there's a Run Shop in Brighton, and then My Race Kit as well. So they they support us with some of their second samples and returns as well, because we yeah, so so that goes on there. So that's another element of rerun that is um, that we didn't anticipate that has developed over the years. Fantastic. Uh, so so that covers that stuff. Then there's then there's a whole category of clothing that is can't go on the site. But it's still functional. Dan's got a big thing about the word functional. So it will still do its job, but it might be torn or it might have a stain or but, you know, it, it's just fine for running. There's nothing wrong with it. Or maybe the yeah. zip broken on the back of the shorts. So that goes in our market pile. And when we go to events, we just take that and we and people people can take it for free if they're we'll hassle them a little bit and, and make sure that, you know 
we won't give it to them straight away. We'll ask a few questions. Are you really going to wear it? Do you really need it? And just, you know, just okay, that's good. little questions like that. Um, so that's that. And then there are, we get a whole bunch of base layers and we put those aside, um, some of them, a lot of them. And we work with, um, we share some of our, we re-donate a lot of the clothing to various homeless and refugee charities. So we have shareware clothing scheme in Nottingham. A lot of stuff goes to them. Mm-hmm. They're forgotten feet. So trainers that aren't any good for running in anymore will go to forgotten feet who work with, um, who offer free treatment for homeless people and they'll offer free shoes if they need them as well. So some of our shoes go there. Um, so we have prime group we work with them and then there's quite a few I don't think I could list them all off another one that I think actually is worth mentioning is Pius play it again sport Wales because I, they are really similar to us and based in Wales but okay. they, uh, they have the same ethos as us and they do the same thing but they cover um they they do any sports kit so you can send them it from any sport and they will um pass it on at an affordable price so we um we really champion them Um, then there's our rags so we have i think 10 bin bags of rags that we refuse to throw away so that's stuff that's gone nothing goes to waste either hey nothing nothing gets thrown in the bin no but they're however they are rags and we are holding on to them because we believe that they'll that, because we don't want to send them to recycling center just because we made that promise and we i mean they may end up there but it will be the really the last resort so we have found a few people that have come and rummaged and um crafters mainly that may have that for example have made t-shirt yarn out of t-shirts that have they're clean but they've got stains on them like you know okay. how just go when they had mud splattered on them and you just can't can't get it off that yeah so or interesting colors that they've made patchwork things out of so we're going to hold on as long as rerun exists and that pile doesn't get too huge but i'm pretty impressed that it's only 10 bags in in three years and we've you know we've had thousands of units of clothing come in so um yeah we'll hold on and then we've got you mentioned trainers and we've got a growing slowly growing pile of trainers that we are not sure what to do with because at least with clothing when it goes to rags it can be made into shoddy which becomes kind of upholstery stuffing so it doesn't have to be incinerated or landfilled but trainers there are very few uh, recycling centers that are able to um, separate the components at scale and recycle them they do exist but um there's there's not many of them um so yeah we have this pile of trainers that we are still looking for a solution for that are like really really gone trainers but we we actually fix up trainers i don't know if you've seen on the site i've not actually seen those i think i've heard i think i heard dan talking about them once because i'm interested to hear about these uh, is, is it kind of like a, a Frankensteinian type type trainer that gets built up made and fixed up and patched up from from other trainers oh yeah no so there's the whole other element as well that I haven't talked about the upcycling yeah so there's some yep. clothing that gets upcycled as well so we mash up the race t-shirts because they're really difficult as I said before to 
to to sell on or to even give away although we have um we do work with collective aid and currently we've got four pallets worth of t-shirts that we want to they work with refugees and provide emergency clothing in calais and we have yeah four pallets a few fair few thousand t-shirts waiting to go once but we're having trouble with the at the moment with the lockdown and managing to get them board um but we as a statement we take some and we cut them in half and we sew them back together they're so good those shirts they look so good they look good don't they yeah Um, our statement the idea behind that was that we raise awareness around these t-shirts and there is now lots of awareness isn't there i think it's really the tide has shifted with t-shirts don't you think Mm. absolutely it has completely and do you know what i'd I'd have one of those t-shirts if i needed it i don't need it at the moment (laughs) (laughs) good to hear that's good to hear but I think I really think now we're just going to be getting not it's just not going to happen to the same scale it has and and the big marathons like Brighton Marathon has now is now offering an option to not have a t-shirt and to to there with trees not tees who um work with races to um to plant a tree instead of take a t-shirt uh, so if Mar- if London Marathon could get on board, that would be amazing. And all the kind of major marathons, that would be really good and would make a huge dent in um, the amount of T-shirts that are um, not cool. being worn. And so, yeah, the trainers, Dan's been, I was actually talking about, so we, we fix a few of them. We patch up the holes um, mm-hmm. and we put them back on and they're rerun repair trainers. And and it because there's a whole category of trainers where the the sole is fine, but they've torn on the upper. Yeah. Um, and we found a way to to we found a product. I uh, maybe I could share it on on your on some of your channels for other so that other people because it doesn't anyone can do it. It's um the it's the heat seam the seam tape tape that you use to to seam up to yep. for the, your jackets. jackets. Yeah. Yep. So and you iron it on, but it works really well on trainers. So we've oh. been we've been using that, and um, it's been really successful. And we've just been doing that for about a month, and it works really well, or it pe- appears to work really well. So we put those trainers back on, and and we didn't weren't really. But a lot of rerun is an experiment. We put things yeah. on, go. How is this going to be received? And 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 it's been great. People have been buying them and wearing them, and are really happy with them. So. I think um, that's how the magic that's how the magic happens Charlotte just just seeing how it goes yeah find out what's what and then just yeah have to see where it takes you yeah yeah brilliant and then Dan has been as you say mashing up trainers and making these kind of slip on yeah weird not fit for running in but they look really amazing he's been attaching like bits of rubbish to them and they kind of have he he's inspired by what's that tv program where they do up the cars um, oh, oh, I know, the, I know the one you mean. I can't think of the name now because I'm on the spot. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, I know the one you mean. Okay. Where, they, where they do up all the wrecks and. Yeah. Yeah. He's been inspired by that, so he kind of um, has been playing at that. Okay. But it's just we we just want to we our hope is that we are inspiring other people to do the same. Yeah. So nothing we do is going to you know become at scale even yeah. the mashups we just want to put ideas out there so that the whole community and we get ideas from the community as well and there's some brilliant ideas that come out of 
of just these kind of conversations where it because essentially we just are trying to um we just want to reconnect with our clothes and remember that they're um that they last a lot longer than we're allowing to, them to at the moment and just yeah. to remember that yeah we're a very kind of throwaway society at the moment and, and i'm guilty hands up of, of of doing it as well but hope, hoping to change habits um yeah quickly yeah, i think we've just fallen into it really and yeah. uh, it's just sort of remembering that we just doesn't that you don't have to no for sure yeah. Charlotte, can I can I just ask for the for the runners of Portsmouth who who may be listening to the, to the show and wondering you know about their own habits and and changing those, um what what can we do to help here? Like what actual habits can be formed that you found that make a positive difference? And and how can we all do our bit here in Portsmouth and support rerun as well? So the main way that we can support rerun is to so the I think the the most the thing to remember is the most sustainable piece of clothing, if you want to be sustainable and if that's what you're, you know, if you want to uh, do better in inverted commas, yeah. the most sustainable piece of clothing is the one you already own. It's the one in your closet. So I think that's where we can all help because essentially rerun wants to put itself out of business that's because once we put ourselves out of business then there isn't a textile waste there isn't a problem there isn't too much clothing that's the end goal yeah yeah that's what we always go back to whenever we're having our little meetings so that's the first thing the second thing the second most sustainable piece of clothing is the one that a pre-loved one and then there are lots of brands that are working and companies working really hard at creating better using materials that are more earth friendly and creating products that are circular so that they're and and now there's lots of companies running companies that well not lots actually there's a few that are um, inviting people to send um their clothing back to them and they're taking responsibility for the things that they're producing so things are changing but I feel like whilst those things are changing and whilst companies are exploring different materials and finding different ways and producing technology to do that if we can wear our clothing a bit longer and give them the space to do that and then support them when they do then that is um that will be a great step so yeah so how you can support is in that way but then if you do have clothing that is no maybe it no longer fits you or yet you just you that's it you're done with it then just not that many people do but just don't throw it in the bin maybe charity shops is an option sell it on ebay because if someone buys something and spends money on it then they're likely to wear it um and you can also send it to us as well so and we and we can and our promise is that it won't end up in landfill and we'll keep it within the running community that's great well if i you know i'm just going to put it out there now that um i I know i visited you guys a couple of times with with boxes and and bags of kit but i'm i'm due to to bring some more over to you at some point some some items that i've got so if anybody wants to wants to donate or, or get in touch just email us at the show or, or drop us a message on social media and we will i'll gladly do that for you if there is anything that you need to pass on but charlotte is there a website and, and anything on social media that that so the runners can do to follow you guys and 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 kind of watch your posts and find out more yeah so we 
rerunclothing.com is our sorry dot org rerunclothing.org dot org. <laughs> cool. and then we're rerun clothing on instagram facebook and twitter as well and on instagram and facebook i try to share hacks and cool things that other people are doing and um stories and on twitter it tends to be more kind of um uh, research based so more sort of technical stuff about different textiles and um perfect yeah more statistics and things like that so yeah great that's excellent thank you thank you so so much charlotte i know you've had a really busy day so i really appreciate the time again uh, coming on and chatting us is there any any last things that you'd like to to say or uh, or we pretty much covered it all i think i've covered it perfect that's great charlotte thank you so much i wish you all the best you and dan all the best with rerun and uh, when i when i drop by next to uh, to drop off some things i'd love to come and see this uh, the, the chocolate factory where the where the magic happens Oh, yeah, above the chocolate factory. Nice yeah, yeah. To cover the smell of those trainers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Take care, Charlotte. All the best. All right, thanks. Hello, Ian. Welcome to the Portsmouth Running Podcast. And I, I tell you what, it's finally great to get you uh, on the episode because it was a little while back when I bumped into you, I think back in the summer or maybe spring when I first asked you about coming on to the show to to, to share your story. So um, welcome to the show. Uh, how have you been keeping over the past, past few months? Hey Dan, yeah, it was good to uh, catch up with you finally. Yes, it was some point in the uh, midsummer, I think. I think I was literally just sort of on the floor after doing one of the um, not not park runs. So I was literally just on the. Uh, it was quite a warm day, and I was just at the um, the sort of park yes. run start finish, sort of gasping uh, for breath on the floor when you were sort of just like gently gently running by with your son, I think. So um, that's right. So yeah, was, bike. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it's been. Um, it's, well, it says we've literally just, uh, as we're recording this, just into lockdown part two. So um, <laughs> I know, it's <laughs> terrible, it isn't it? Back down into it again. I mean, for me, it's not been too bad because my work is basically sort of IT based. I can work from home. So that's what I've been doing pretty much since okay. March, really. Um, so generally, that's fine. Every now and then I do get bored of my, uh, get bored of sitting in, I've got quite a small house. So just my dining room is now my office. Okay. And after a while, I just just get to the point of just like get a bit of a little bit of cabin fever, staring at the same four walls all the time. But mm-hmm. you know, the most important thing is I can you know I can I can do my I'm still working. I can do my work, and the most important thing is I can still run. So yeah, <laughs> so true. I, uh, yeah, I can't complain at all really. No, this is true. I'm 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 the same as you. I'm, I'm in the same same line of work as you, and and yeah, in the IT field, so I've been working from home again, similar to you, end of March or beginning of March when when obviously lockdown one occurred. Um, and uh, do you know what I find the the worst, Ian? I don't know if it's the same with you. My my back has been terrible over the last few months. Like I've had non-stop mm. back injuries when running, and I think it's because I'm sitting in all sorts of strange positions through the day. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I managed to steal like, an office chair. So I've actually got a, a quite a good office chair, but my dining room table that I'm using is probably slightly lower than my um, than my table at, at work. And so everything's yeah. sort of slightly lower and then I'll sort of prop things up with books and uh, yeah, <laughs> everything's, that's everything's not quite right. So yeah, if I find about three o'clock, I do find I get a little bit of a, a backache across my sort of, I get, my, I get across the sort of upper back, I think, because I think yeah. I'm unconsciously hunching and then um i haven't got any blinds in my dining room and so there's one thing i've noticed now just as the sun's getting low in the sky between about 
10 and midday, the sun, the sun comes across and it sort of starts blinding me. So I start sort of hunching away in the corner to hide away from it. And that, <laughs> that doesn't help either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're all doing what we can, aren't we? So, exactly. Um, have you been out running today at all? Um, how have you found the past few weeks with all the wind and rain on the seafront? It's been, it's been bloody horrendous. Oh, yeah. I went out. So Sunday, I think I did a sort of gentlish sort of mid, mid-distance run, about seven miles. And I got to... I was running around the back of the pyramids and mm-hmm. I thought, and the waves were crashing over the front. I thought I might just be able to get away with this. Yeah. And so I went, went to the back of Southie Castle and yeah, I couldn't get away with it. I got, um, fortunately it was just my feet that got wet, but yeah, <laughs> there was no way to get through without my feet getting wet. So yeah, got, got pretty soggy, um, on Sunday. But since then, actually the, um, yeah, I, I quite like the weather as it is now when it's cold and clear, the winds dropped. Um, yeah. I didn't go out today, but I did go out yesterday just what, what i'm trying to do is get back into routine of trying to use the extra time i've got in the morning instead of commuting and mm-hmm. try and go out for a run in the morning so i try and get out about about sort of 20 past seven and two or three times a week and just do a little four miles i live quite close to to the, the seafront in south sea so it's quite easy for me to me to sort of do a sort of four mile loop um just to try and get some fresh air and some sunshine in the morning yeah, that's no, a good idea. Yeah, it's the same as me as well. Like, a lot of commute time has now kind of been freed up during the day. So trying to make the most uh, of those hours. And, and like you said, on a morning like yesterday, like, like you said, I, w- I was out as well. It was just stunning. So, yeah, just really, really quite nice. I guess one of the one of the up, one of the upsides of, of lockdown, perhaps. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, listen, I, I believe you've picked up a rather interesting skill over the past few weeks, Ian, which um happens to be modelling run clothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes. so awesome. T- tell, tell us about that. So, yeah. So this is basically with one of your your uh, previous previous guests, Craig Winter from Runner. Um, yes. So you basically uh, you contacted me on on Instagram. And he, they, the one thing I do like about Runner is they do try and do lots of stuff within the within the local sort of community within in the sure, yeah. area and yeah he, he just said yeah we're trying to we've got um the new stuff some of the new clothing ranges ranges that's coming out um with sort of jumpers and uh hoodies and the uh and the hats and they were just looking for new people to model their their winter collection so so the first time I went i think it was i think it might have been in september and i just went over to their um uh they got a warehouse a little warehouse over in leon solent so we just okay. did a did a few a few things there inside and then we had a really nice day in october and it, it was absolutely baking hot for october it was about 17 18 degrees <laughs> and so we're there we're down by the um sort of down by the hot walls in in old portsmouth and doing some modeling with a professional photographer there with the um okay. with the new stuff and yeah so we're there <laughs> modeling um hoodies the, and um, the bobble hats as well yeah with the bobble hats as well and it was absolutely baking so because <laughs> oh, wow. uh, craig said oh can you wear something sort of as that's, that's underneath that sort of as, as a t-shirt or something that's black just to make sure that whatever you're wearing underneath doesn't sort of bleed through when you're looking at the photos okay and i seem to have only bright clothing so the only thing I really had, literally the only thing I had was that black as a base layer. So I was I was there in sort of 18 degrees with a, a base layer on and a hoodie on, absolutely melting. But uh, <laughs> but wow. it was it was um it was a it was a fantastic day and the, the pictures are the pictures they did come out come out really well and I'm still I'm still getting used to seeing myself 
on um, other sorts of face other people have said oh you've, you're coming up in my facebook adverts or and um, or see myself on instagram so <laughs> it's the same as me and you know? I've, I've, I've been a little bit kind of like oh i've got a bit of a celebrity coming on the show here now <laughs> I see, you, see you on my feed all the time <laughs> that's fantastic man how about any other new skills picked up since since covid struck before we uh we kick on to your story well i'm not sure if it's a skill but i like eating so <laughs> that's, that's a skill dude you, to eat it, you got to cook it, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what I've been trying to, I mean, literally, I've just been just, yeah, a, a combination of trying of trying to bake, bake things and eat them. So, I mean, I, I like things like, um, I'm not like, I'm not one of these people who can do like amazing bake-off things, but it's just <laughs> things like sort of various types of cookies and biscuits and shortbreads and that kind of thing. And again, I think just with, I think sometimes at the weekend having, fewer things to do it's sort of like oh well one one to try and try and do something different so it was a bit tricky to start because we had a we had this had the massive flower shortage and you couldn't couldn't actually yeah i remember that yeah. flower anywhere but now that's um that seems to have settled down a bit now so yeah i've, I've spent a lot of my so my, a lot of my sunday seemed to be and it will probably i'll probably resurrect that now is get up in the morning on a sunday morning go for a run and then bake in the afternoon and then yeah spend sort of basically Sunday afternoon just stuffing myself with stuff I've just baked (laughs) (laughs) that sounds like the perfect Sunday dude (laughs) fantastic fantastic okay so so listen here if we take a jump jump back uh we're going to kind of try and build some kind of timeline uh of your running and 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 go back all the way to when when you were a child in school um and I know you said you'd you'd done some running in school um but but in fact I, I picked up that those memories uh weren't exactly perhaps maybe the best ones of running um, <laughs> when you're a child. So can you talk us through your experiences running at school? Yeah, so basically it, it seems like from from listening to some of the previous podcasts, it seems to be people seem to fall into groups of either they were young, when they were young, that they were really into running. They were like club captains and winning cross yeah. countries or they were the other side, which is just like, I hated it. I hated every moment of it. This was absolute torture. And, and, and that's what it was like for me. I absolutely hated running just really really hated it and when mm. I was when I was young I mean I'm you've seen me I'm sort of quite tall and quite tall and thin and when I was sort of just stuck in secondary school about 11 12 yeah I was almost the same height I sort of sort of I, oh, wow. I was okay. I was I, I sort of shot up really quickly but I was absolutely absolutely skinny I sort of I was literally skin and bone it was just nothing on me at all I was, I was sort of built almost like built like a lollipop and I just yep. yeah I just I just was not at that point I just had no um no sort of sporting prowess as well I just couldn't do anything sport related you know I had two left feet I sort of well, I still have got bad bad eyesight and I was just yeah just absolutely terrible at everything so I think in it was sort of October sort of in, in a P lesson it's like right today we're doing a do we start doing our, our cross-country runs and I was just like oh god this doesn't sound good yeah and here we go I absolutely yeah I, I hated every every step it was literally the case of I mean it probably looking back now it probably weren't running that far I mean it was probably about I don't know maybe maybe three miles maybe a 5k or something like that but it, it would have taken me forever it would have no I was sort of you know sort of halfway down the road I was walking yeah. um and that was before we got to sort of getting off road onto the grass and, and and the mud 
Um, I remember one time I was there with um, with a guy who was um, <laughs> looking back now. I shouldn't have believed him, but it's like, oh, Ian, I know, I know the short. If we come to cut through this way, we can get through a shortcut. So we <laughs> we sort of sort of headed off sort of when no yep. one was looking and got to this shortcut, and then we found it was actually a dead end. So we had to, <laughs> we oh, had to no. so we had to turn around, make our way back, and then yeah, I was actually running even further uh, even further than normal so yeah those were as basically if I didn't have to do those, those any any sort of cross-country stuff then I wasn't doing any sort of running at all so okay. so yeah it's between between the ages of like 11 apart from that yeah between the ages of, sort of 11 and late late 20s I was doing absolutely no running whatsoever okay all right so yeah so just the running in school and then that was it kind of when it stopped it was like okay i don't have to do this anymore i don't have to do any more cross country no more no more vest and pants running as, as my, my pe teachers used to do and, and do you know what this is i'm, I'm apologize apologies if you're a pe teacher listening to this but my experiences at school were that pe teachers must have had this criteria to be a pe teacher that you had to be really unsympathetic because <laughs> there was just no sympathy at all <laughs> i think it was yeah it, it was exactly exactly the same and it was it was that, that, that sort of thing of they probably don't do it nowadays but the whole thing of having yeah that dreaded spare PE kit so mm. there, there was I mean there were times I would I mean I would I was always go I was never one of these people who would like try and find a way out of it I would sort of I would go but there was one time I did literally forget my trainers and I had to run in you know just like those those old school plimsolls Oh, my <laughs> to, lovely. Try, trying to do cross country and some plimsolls with no grips on them and sort oh. of sliding across the grass and mud. Oh yeah, that Terrible was stuff. yeah. I, I didn't oh, man. enjoy it at all. <laughs> uh, it, it's a real shame, isn't it, that people have those experiences at school running? But you know, at least it's kind of progressed over time, which we're going to find out in your story now, and um, to the yes, point where true. where you know you're doing something that you really love now. So that, that that's I guess is a a happy ending at the uh, at the end of it. So yeah, it turns out right in the end. <laughs> absolutely absolutely things things kind of tend to come right but uh for, or for whatever re- for whatever reason um so we're going to jump forward a bit 2006 so you just kind of touched on that you didn't do any running after school um yeah 2006 you ended up living in in south sea uh, and you set on near a section of the of the great south run route uh, yes that's right that's right so and you came out one day and you must have you must have looked at all these people going what are all these idiots doing for fun? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the other way around in a way. It's sort of, yeah, it's 2000. I was literally living on South Parade, literally where the, anyone who knows South Sea Park Run, literally where where the little bandstand is, where, where the South Sea Park Run starts. I was literally living opposite there on the opposite side of the Zebra Crossing. Okay. And um, I sort of knew of the great self run and i think but i think that was the first year i was living that close to it and i thought well i'll I'll just sort of like pop out and sort of see see what's going on because i mean i honestly at the time i didn't realize how how big it was Mm. so i pretty much i stepped out my front door and just saw all the crowds and the atmosphere and i was just absolutely captivated by it just like the whole mixture of people like seeing the i managed to sort of um, get myself in sort of different places to see all the elite runners flying through and then oh, obviously the um just like the really quick club runners and then just seeing all the other people who were just in um you know just 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 trying to do their best they're all the sort of amazing people doing fancy dress and just the whole atmosphere of it I was just like wow this is this is absolutely amazing actually I was sort of like I really like this this is I just thought just all of a sudden I thought 
yeah i could do this i, I want to do this and yeah. um wow. so yeah that's pretty much where my running story started i suppose so went in early 2007 i think when the entries opened for for the great stuff run i sort of summed myself up and i was like yep yeah. although i hadn't run at all for some reason i was just like i want to do this i want i want to run 10 miles okay so just inspired purely by by what you'd seen out there on, on yeah. the course, which is great yeah exactly and it was just i just uh, yeah i just thought to myself you know I, I can do this it's one of those things where you just sort of you don't even you don't even overthink it i was just like 10 miles yep i can do that <laughs> sure and fantastic and, and obviously that worked really well because um i think i looked up you can actually go back to the results um to 2006 uh to, sorry 2007 2007 your, your yeah. first one that's right um i think you ran a 130 which is a, a, a fabulous time considering it's your first great south run yeah uh, i've um i um yeah i've i've um i'm, I'm one of these sad people that's got got a spreadsheet so I've, i was also looking at the times that uh, the times myself and yeah so it's literally literally just over 130 um but it was great because i mean back then there was yeah there was no no gps no no watches i think I, I think i ran with my phone and just put the put the timer on just so i knew okay um just sort of when i just to press stop at the end just to see what time it was but i had my literal literally all i wanted to do was get around that was all i cared about i had no interest in what time i wanted to do or anything like that and even with my my training because obviously I'd, I'd lived by on the seafront so my training was really kind of easy i was literally just running up and down the seafront but i had no idea <laughs> i had no idea how fast how far i was going how fast i was going I, I had no idea whatsoever so i mean that's completely completely different to how how things are now but looking back now that was actually quite quite refreshing just to be able to just go out there and just just yeah. run a distance at a time and just have no idea whatsoever yeah no that's really good I, I kind of forget back then that you know that's kind of you know 13 14 years ago when i guess gps watches may have been around but not in the in the numbers that they are yeah. now so yeah probably probably very, yeah very different kind of running but yeah that's uh, that's fantastic so the experience of it was a was a positive one and, and you obviously thought then and there that that you were gonna you were gonna carry on or, or were you not so sure after the race i wasn't so sure i mean obviously because that's obviously the the it was that was that was a, a, a big distance for me and, and obviously um back then i wasn't i mean literally all i did was was run <laughs> i don't think i even stretched at all so obviously by the time by the next bar well, not even by the next day a few hours afterwards i completely seized up and oh, really? the, the day after that i mean i could i could hardly walk down the stairs at all and i was just like oh god this hurts this is what it's this is what it's like when <laughs> this is what it's like running long long distances and i'm not doing this again mm. so at, at the time i was just like you know i said i was going to do it i've done it i did enjoy it but i don't really feel the need to 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 do that again but you know, you know what happens sort of like thing, things change and I, I found myself every i was quite a fair, fair weather runner as well so basically that so the great stuff run finished and that was it i was thinking right i'm not going to run anymore but then it would get to april the clocks would go forward the weather would get nicer and i was just like well actually oh, i could do it i could could i could get <laughs> yeah. out there and start running again so then it was the same sort of thing then about april i'd sign up for the great south run again and then and then do it and then yeah get to end of october and then yeah not run again to april so my um 
yeah, I was a very fair weather runner, and that was <laughs> that was okay. pretty much how how it was for for about four or five years. I couldn't relate to that completely because I, I used to be the same, you know, but the Great South Run was my first ever race as well. And I recall just picking up the training at some point during the summer and just racing the Great South Run. And then that mm. was it. You know, there was no chance you were going to find me running out in the cold and, and the dark. But uh, yeah, amazing <laughs> how things change. <laughs> yeah. So your, your times progressed uh, amazingly well through the years. And I know you ran or you run all of the Great South Runs bar 2013. Yes, uh, that's right. But in, in 2008, you ran a 122, so you took over eight minutes or just about eight minutes off yeah, your time, which is amazing. Yeah. 2009, a 121, so you got close, and I think you kind of hovered around that 120 mark for a while. Yeah, it's uh, look at, looking at the times now, I'm just surprised at how sort of consistent I was. So yeah, there was, I had a bit of a dip in, I think, to, I think 2011, 2012, I, I can't remember what happened in... I think in 2011 I had a slight injury. Okay. And basically in 2012 I basically drank too much water for the start and I needed a wee. So that was why that <laughs> one was. That was why that was my 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 second slowest one. Literally. All goes on the clock. I see. Yeah. I've seen other people do it as well. You literally start and you know where the toilets are by um Clarence Parade. Yes. Um, so literally I, I literally started, got 200 meters down the road and thought I cannot run 10 miles like this. And that's just like you know, you know I always see people <laughs> peeling off into those toilets and I'm always like what on earth are you guys do, doing? <laughs> that was me. That that was me that year. Just literally I just hung I hung around so and you know like especially the, the um if you're like in, in the middle of like one of one of the waves and it's just like I can't yeah. go backwards, I can't go forwards, I can't go sideways. I'm just going to have to stand here. And then just just standing there, it's just more just I'll just say just I think also a little bit of sort of that nervous excitement as well. Yeah, and for I sure. Like, I, I can't that. I can't do it. I can't. I I, I just know I'm going to get around here without going for a wee. So that's why that was <laughs> slower. But yeah, apart from then, yeah, it seemed to be that I was very consistently consistently running 122s and and 121s. So yeah, I did seem to sort of be constantly hitting that year after year. Mm. But in 2019, though, you you actually smashed through this the, the 120 mark with a 118, and you know I'm, I think we're going to talk about um, the running club and and Baffin's Foot Club and stuff in a bit, but I'm sure mm. that that maybe played played a part in that. But that you know it's just yeah. great to see your kind of your progress and, and consistency through the years. I think that's it's just it's just fantastic that you kind of coming from not running to to trying the great stuff around to saying never again and then to just running it each year since it's just amazing so yeah remarkable but i wanted to i wanted to kind of visit uh 2013 a little bit ian because yes you successfully got into the london marathon uh, that right. year which is a gigantic step up from the great south Run. <laughs> um, that was and, yeah and, and you ran i was going to ask you you ran the race for for asthma uk because you're a sufferer of of asthma yourself um, so it must have yes. meant quite a bit to you that race as well it does yeah so a bit of background to that so so i think yeah although i was although i was literally just doing the great stuff running nothing else i did get into the stage of i used to, I used, used to watch the london marathon on, on the telly um and get really inspired by it but at the same time i was thinking 26 miles that's a really long way but at the same time i did start um i did start entering the back um so it must four years before so maybe about 2009 i started entering the entering the ballot okay. and yeah in, in 2013 i got the um i got the magazine through the door saying congratulations you're in 
And it's one of those just like, yes, I'm in. Oh God, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the panic <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> one of those, one of those, those, um, those, those mixed feelings. So, so yeah, that would have been about October 2012, I think. And I think that's when you get the the confirmation. So that's, yeah, that was when there was there was a kind of shift shift in my running. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to. So basically, although I I got a I got a ballot place, I decided I was going to going to run and raise some money for money for asthma uk because yeah asthma is, is something that uh, unfortunately I've, I've suffered with my my whole life um what or what as, asthma is but i mean basically just it, it basically is a condition that affects your the the airways in your lungs so basically they get irritated and when they okay. get irritated they they swell up and it constricts and sometimes you get um, they get sort of they can get filled with sort of like a, a line of mucus as well. So that that narrowing that restriction and and that mucus getting in there just basically means that you're struggling to get oxy- oxygen into your body. And mm. obviously when that happens, it means that you know you, you're struggling. Obviously you need the oxygen to 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 give you the, the energy to do stuff, and, you, and it basically does mean that you yeah you just 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 generally you can just really struggle with 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 energy really and you, yeah you it must be really that, frightening yeah. yeah and you have that telltale sort of wheezing sound you know <laughs> i do say it sounds you know it sounds a bit like you know sort of darth vader that that sort of <laughs> yeah. sound and 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 it generally it generally it generally can sound sound like that but it's quite bad and obviously that's not a good combination when it comes to it comes to running or, or doing any sort of exercise really because that can that that can really sort of um that mm. can really really knock you for six and basically no there's there's, there's not really i don't think anyone really has worked at yet sort of the real cause for it but it is um they're basically certain things that can trigger it so um there it can be um animal fur or animal hair or pollution or yep. or pollen um and for me it's it's normally the cold um so like pretty much how the temperature is now that that coldness can trigger it for me okay although it's not so bad but for me the worst thing is tree pollen which is normally around about april which is pretty much when all when all the uh all the long distance runs that's not good that's not a good combination but i was determined and i did say i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of push on and make make sure that i you know that i I can do it again. I didn't have any particular time in mind, um, okay. but I was at the same time. I think I arrogantly thought to myself, "I think I can do it under under four hours." At this point, I'd start to do the training. I'd started to do half marathons, so I did the I did the Portsmouth Coastal um, half marathon in February that Rob That's Pickett's right. won, yeah. um, which I did the day after after works do so i was renty hungover but uh, <laughs> not the best preparation but i did get round and i did i think it's one of my favorite ones actually the bournemouth bay half marathon which is in early april and i did, okay. I did that one as well so i felt i felt kind Confident. of prepared yeah. yeah i mean i was it was still it was still sort of way sort of outside my comfort zone but you know i thought i thought yeah i can, I can do this i can get round and um on the i mean as as a day i absolutely loved it it was um just the 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 atmosphere 
just the the crowds very well supported race yeah that's absolutely amazing I mean, the crowds it was i mean i think one one reason i did struggle sort of look you, know, you sort of learn from your, your mistakes don't you and looking mm, back yeah. i think the couple of reasons why i did struggle was a i think is that that stereotypical thing of you do your training in the winter and i think 2013 was quite a bad winter i remember running running from up towards the hailing billy trailing back again and just getting getting like hailed on just like hailstones that you're bouncing off the pavement and it's just yeah. like that sort of why am i doing it to myself feeling and i mean very exposed it, around there as well exactly yeah. yeah and i think it snowed it snowed one time when i was um on the sunday morning when i was when i was um doing a training run as well so it's a very cold winter and then april was that that um especially that day it was a, a beautiful day which was great mm. for support but not so great when you were running so i was yeah. i think i think it's about 16 18 degrees which isn't obviously not super hot but it's enough with, to be a difference yeah for sure exactly and with the sun yeah. as well and just i guess some of it was like like an equipment thing just not knowing so i think i was you know just like wearing uh, sort of a, a cotton t-shirt and um my trainers were probably one size too small so just all those sort of things this i think i think pretty much i i think a i sort of overheated a little bit and then my feet started getting very sore so it got to yeah i was got to about mile 21 and then that's when the uh <laughs> that's when the uh the wheels <laughs> the wheels definitely came off so yeah. um yeah I think I it's, pro- it's probably one of the most common and and spoken about uh stories in marathon running is that first so. initial marathon or two when when you get to that 20 21 mile mark uh, the wheels fall off yeah yeah it was that it was it was textbook it was exactly that so okay 21 you got, you, you got through it though didn't you you did your time was was 432 and um yeah which is which is still a, a great time and uh, yeah you enjoyed the experience i guess and you had a really nice article written about you in the i think it was the portsmouth news that's right yeah so um so a few months after 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 the uh, after the race i think i got a phone call from asked me uk and they said to me oh there's um the your the local paper were looking were looking for people um i can't remember what what they quite what they they were looking for people who would who would who would overcome issues with asthma to do exercise and they said oh could could they um put my name forward if um for a possible interview and i thought yeah sure no problem and i, I kind of I kind of not quite dismissed it, but I, but I kind of almost put it to the back of my mind. I forgot about it. But then, yeah, for a few weeks later, I got a phone call from the Portsmouth News, and they um, a uh, journalist came round, and yeah, had had an interview, and I ended up with a very uh, very cheesy photograph in the uh, in the middle. It of was the- good, man. It was a good article. Yeah, was, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually. I had to scroll in a little bit, but I actually read through the article and um, oh, yes, yeah. picked out a few bits of information um, in there, particularly uh, about your your asthma as a child and the fact that you'd had some pretty bad attacks uh, from right, asthma yeah. and been hospitalized. And I think your um, the article mentioned that your your mom was a nurse as well, which must have really helped um, during yes. those situations. But but again, must have been really scary for you. And absolutely, yeah. So I think the first time I ended up in hospital, I think I think I was about probably about eight years old i think and yeah it's just one of those normally normally if i've if i'm getting to that point where i'm feeling like i'm having an asthma attack i've got an inhaler and that generally works and if that doesn't then i've got this um thing called a nebulizer which basically sort of 
it's sort of like it sort of breathes in like you'd use it to breathe in a sort of fine fine mist of this um salbutamol medicine and that sort of relaxes your airways and opens mm. them up and that sort of relieves you but yeah for whatever reason that time it just it just didn't work at all so um so I ended up once in hospital then and then another time when I first moved down to Portsmouth as well um similar sort of thing so I ended up in a in QA once as well for, for a Gosh, couple man. of nights so so yeah I mean it's it's obviously not been literally not been able not been able to breathe is it is quite a uh quite mm. a scary thing um I was going to say it's great it's great that you've managed to raise uh you know m- money for the for a charity that's like so close to to your heart so you know, yeah yeah that was, I was, I was really fantastic happy. to do your to do your bit yeah and I was going to say having a, having a mum as a nurse that day that definitely helped just because obviously mm. she could she could tell when things she could tell the difference between sort of being being slightly well and things not being right at all so yeah that that yeah. was definitely a, a massive help for me Oh, that's good. That's great. Um, it, it might be a good idea now to speak about a little bit about Baffin's uh, Foot Club. Um, yes. You joined the club just last year, and um, I think you'd suggested in your write-up that it had been like such a good move. Um, but because I think um, for, mostly from what I'm hearing, you must have been like a solo runner during your training on the seafront, and obviously leading up to the marathon and stuff. Is is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I spent. Um... So what was that? 2007, I started running. So from then, I've pretty much, yeah, spent the majority of my life just, just happily running, running by myself. And um, I think I can't remember who. I think it was Groucho Marx who, who he had, had some sort of quote, sort of like, "I refused to join any club that wanted me for a member." And I was a little bit like that. I was just like, eh, "I don't need to join a club. I can just run." I'm happy yeah. running, whatever. That's that's not an issue. But then, yeah, in, in last last year, I was just like, you know, it'd be nice to just, I don't know. I I obviously really enjoy running, so surely it makes sense to just try and find other people who who also enjoy running. And you know, and just like you know, that might be a way of of sort of yeah, just sort of meeting new people sort of increasing my social circle as well as running and yeah, yeah it was definitely the um definitely the best decision I'd ever made I mean basically it was because so from doing Southie Park Run um on a yeah on a on a Saturday morning I'd sometimes I'd yeah. sort of I'd run I'd see the uh I see the sort of bright green t-shirts and you can't miss them. them yeah exactly you can <laughs> see them sort of half a mile away and just sort of yeah. I could see them they just seem like just like a friendly bunch of people which is exactly what I wanted from a running club I mean cool. for myself I wasn't too fussed about joining a club that was really big on sort of doing sort of different types of training things or um you know that all sort of really sort of pushing myself to the limit yeah. or that kind of thing um because I was I was quite I'm quite lucky that I'm sort of motivated enough that if I wanted to do that kind of if I wanted if I wanted to do intervals or hills or that kind of thing that I could just go away and and do them myself yeah, but okay. um but yeah so I went along and I, on, honestly I didn't because if I saw them on a Saturday morning they'd be say I don't know 10 10 15 people and I, I had no idea how how sort of big a club it was so I was sort of I remember running, I think they were well, club nights on a Monday evening. I remember sort of getting home from work, the train being late as it normally is, and having to sort of sprint down to the um, down to the community hall where they meet. So I was 
stereotypically late as I always am. I'm never on time. <laughs> as you probably just discovered today, I'm never on no, time. No, no, it was only a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got there a little bit late and sort of like steamed in, thinking it'd be just like a, a few people in there. And I sort of opened the door and I could hard, hardly hardly get in through the door. There must have been, you know, sort of, you know, eight, probably like, uh, you know, sort of well over 80 to, to about 100 people in there. Or like, wow. a, you know, winter's night in february so i was just like wow this is a lot you know there's a lot more people there than i was um than i was expecting but yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was definitely the best decision i've made because I, yeah i've made i've a it's making friends b it's improved my running and and c it's just i've, I've managed to sort of run run areas and just do do things that I, I wouldn't have done by myself so yeah I'm, I'm really happy that I, I made that made that switch I made that decision that's fantastic that is really really good I, I know I know Baffins I know a few of the members of Baffins Foot Club and yeah they just they, they come across as a really like friendly and, and inclusive bunch and I, I was going to ask you in, in your own experiences like would you agree that that the clubs specifically around here and and events like Parkrun like you've mentioned um do you think they're they're good um in in kind of increasing inclusivity in amateur middle and long distance uh, running because i guess traditionally it's it's kind of, it is kind of seen as a very very white middle class sport as, as we've spoken about as well mm. um but is it do you think it's kind of making an impact there in in, in a good way yes i think so I, I i think the um i mean sort of running clubs nowadays are so so accessible and i think they've changed mm. i think i was just saying i think they've changed as well because it, it did feel like um I suppose that there's that sort of you had that image in your mind that running clubs are just for like runners with a capital R with people who are sort of like really really quick and it's just yeah to find um there are, there's so many more more clubs that are popping up nowadays that are as much about being a sort of community kind of thing as well as as well as running um and it's yeah it's and it's not just things like as it's not just things that are specific specifically running clubs you know there are things like um i know you've had um uh katie on who talked about good gym before and that's yeah, like a they're amazing of doing sort of running and community stuff and i know there are things sort of like um uh run talk run which is about you no know, it's about sort of you do a little bit of running but it's also about talking and um mm. And just helping with mental health in general, and and yeah, and, and just and just part run as well, really. Um, I think one good thing about about part run is that I know that they are they are trying with um, to help with sort of inclusivity and diversity, just to try and I guess try and open up part runs in in sort of new uh, or sort of different areas that might traditionally be seen as as quite deprived. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's great to have um, park runs in sort of somewhere like um, QE Park, which is an absolutely beautiful area to running. But then I guess if you, you know, if you live somewhere that's quite, um, quite built, have access to a car, then then those kind of places aren't accessible to you. So it's nice that um, something like um, something like like park run do try and try and hold plate hold. Um, park runs in in some slightly different areas yeah there's so many, so many choices around isn't there they, they, yeah. they, they pop they've popped up all over the place and it's a shame so it's just a shame they've um had to shut down now during uh during the lockdown yeah i, I have to admit, I, I really miss it that's i mean that's yeah. that for me is that's again sort of starting to do park run was one a, 
a really really good decision that I made and mm. and that that kind of that kind of made made my Saturday morning in a way even when if I mean I love doing things like park run tourism and just sort of going um just going somewhere else and trying to run in in a new area and there's always every time I go some someone always just sort of strikes up conversation with me and something like going for a, a coffee afterwards or just doing just doing something just something a bit different so yeah I'm I'm, I'm, I'm definitely missing that well, hopefully it'll be back next year please <laughs> yes I hope so too <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's great it's really nice to hear like your own experiences of, of the local running scene down here and and that they sound like positive so I think that's that's really great um i know i feel really really strongly about the community the running community down here and and, and everywhere generally it just seems to be really just really full of kindness and uh yeah absolutely yeah yeah cool. i mean I've, I've i've had i've had no 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 issues sort of running um around around the ports there or ports there at all you know i mean i mean a lot yeah. of my runs are i suppose we've had like a lot of people i guess have had the stereotypical thing where you you you're running somewhere that's a bit more more built up i suppose and there's a stereotypical sort of um white van man who sort of shouts shouts something at you or have had or mm. have had you know i've literally had, had time to run on and, and someone's like thrown thrown an egg egg a, egg from a car at me or or that sort of thing but i think yeah. that's, I've, I've had the same ian I've yeah exactly the same as well I've, I've had i've had i think the best one is run forest run so oh god yeah that's <laughs> I think everyone gets that it's just like god so unoriginal um but as i was gonna say i, I think that I, I think that affects uh i think that does affect everyone and it's uh it's a shame that people feel feel the need that they have to do that but i just you know i, I kind of just put it down to to a bit, of, a bit of jealousy really that they see someone sort of yeah they're probably doing something they can't do and their first thought of instead of trying to think well maybe I can do that or I can try and achieve that is to just just try and sort of shut them down and mock them so that that is a shame but as you say I think that does that it just seems to be a sort of negative that's a one sort of negative thing I guess about running is you do see that from time to time that's true yeah yeah and uh, I think it's more uh for the for ladies out there i think it's a bit of a worry because i know i know personally of friends who have been affected by you know horrific things that have been shouted at them or or when they've been approached out running so it generally seems to be a bit of a bit of a safety concern sometimes but hopefully yeah, something that's going to going to filter out but uh, yeah because yeah, I, I think there's, there's even been specific products developed out there for people to take with them on runs like i think there's what something called the run angel um which is like a kind of safety emergency device that you can you can click and um obviously it, it pings your location some some off somewhere to some some security firm or something but yeah it's really it's really worrying that people have to have those yes yeah that is true yeah not nice not nice listen uh ian obviously being part of a club as well has meant that you've um you know obviously spoken about different races and had different ideas thrown at you and i know baffins probably would have been keen to get you involved in even more marathons <laughs> but um <laughs> one, one of the things you said that you you sounded really interesting was a trip to malta to the yes. to, to enter the half marathon Yes, that's right. So, yeah, that's um, it's almost like like a, a bittersweet thing, anyway. Um, 
so I am I am a bit of a, a procrastinator in my life. I've I'm, that is one thing I'm really bad at. I sort of someone would say, "Hey, you want to do, do this?" And I, oh yeah, yeah, I'll get round to it. And then by the time, <laughs> I think, by the time I've actually got round to it, it's just like I realise I missed it by two weeks, or it's full up or sold out or something like that. So yeah, when I yeah. saw that, um, that's um, I think it's something that that Baffins have organised for several years in a row now is is doing a. Uh, a trip to Balta, but I did I did give myself a kick up the arse this time. I was like, "Come on, in, you're gonna gonna do this." So I did. So I so I, I did. So when I saw the um the email about it, I was just like, "No, I'm gonna do this." So I signed up, and there. So we went to Malta in. So this was this was literally end of end of February, early March, and that was perfect as well because that's that's exactly when my, when my birthday was. So I was just like, "Oh, cool." This is a mixture of a, a birthday weekend, sort of doing a little bit of tourism, going somewhere I hadn't been before. Oh, and yeah, I'll, I'll run a half marathon as well. So, <laughs> but Fantastic. it was uh, it was perfect. And then, and I was saying about sort of if it wasn't for for joining the club, that's the sort of thing that I would I would never have done before, mm. or or wouldn't even have I wouldn't even even have, have known about. So. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic weekend. Um, obviously been in been in well, I was gonna say obviously been in Malta. The weather was fantastic, but in 2018 it got um, it got cancelled at the last minute. So everyone in 2018 everyone flew over there, and then it was a massive freak storm. On I think the, I remember that. Yeah, I remember yeah. people posting photos of the the wind and rain that year. That year. That's right. Yeah. PM on on the off. So um, yeah, it's very well definitely didn't have that this year the weather was beautiful it was sort of, sort of 21 degrees sort Lovely. of all weekend which is a bit a little bit warm for running but sort of perfect for um for sightseeing and um yeah it was it was a, one, a wonderful weekend I absolutely loved it and it's just nice to run abroad and just run with run with lots of different nationalities as well obviously more to being close to Italy there were lots of um lots of Italians um quite a few french people and and yeah it was just it was just quite random that we were sort of out sort of out there and then we sort of we bumped into lots of people from uh from ports of joggers as well so i think we saw a few ports of joggers people maybe i think there were a couple of demi striders there as well so it's just, yeah it's just so strange to um to, yeah just to sort of be that far in just uh see people who are local to you but um i think it just must be one of those races where some a group of runners important have gone out there each year and just made a thing of it and it's kind of I spread its so. way around the clubs yeah I, I think that's very true so yeah that was actually fantastic but the only reason i said it was bittersweet was because so when we were out there this is and it just shows how how quickly things move with the pandemic is so we were out there sort of late february early march and the race director sort of put out something sort of just before about to fly, just saying, I'm really sorry if you're flying from the north of Italy or from China, we can't we can't let you race. And so okay. we were there just like, oh, no, that's God, oh, that's, that's really bad for, for, for North Italy. It sounds terrible out there, this this sort of this 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 virus thing. And this was sort of early March. And then obviously by by sort of mid-March, the rest is history. And then it sort of affects yeah. us all but then and then literally there that more to half marathon is, is the um that's the last last race i've done so i think i've had sort of five races five races cancelled this year which is which is a real shame and um yeah. i think we were supposed to do some but this weekend you're supposed to do some some crewing for the um south downs 100 was that supposed to be this weekend it was yeah there was a i mean a lot of my friends and, and even myself had most of our races cancelled so all my long distance 
um, trail runs have were, were all gone. And I, I think for, for, for myself, I closed the book on racing very, very early on. And I just said, right, this year is out. So I yeah. cancelled all my races, got, got, got some refunds where I could. Um, but a few friends have kind of held on to the fact that perhaps maybe the, the rescheduled dates will go ahead. Um, whereas I took the chance, chance not to. Um, and I must, I must admit, leading up to the South Downs Way this weekend, it was meant to be this weekend. I was quite jealous and thought, oh, you know, I should have, I should have kept a place or entered. And um, yeah, unfortunately, it, it got cancelled. But I was going to help out, like you said, and crew mm. for a few friends, which would have been great because I've always wanted to do that and, and kind of seen the race from a from a crew point of view. Uh, but yeah, sadly, not going to not going to happen uh, this weekend. So I think we're going to go off and do a long kind of marathon 50k on the South Downs anyway. I think this weekend is is, is on the cards. So okay. So hopefully yeah. that will just uh, yeah make up for it a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good thing to do. And also, you know, sometimes you sort of think about things that at the sort of you sort of think towards the end of the year, but you think, well, next year's not the start of next year is not unfortunately going to be that much different. So I know a few mm. races have already been. Uh, have already been cancelled next year so it may be it may be more the same but the only the only problem is now I've, I've I mean I I haven't done the same as you I've basically I think every race I was supposed to do I have um deferred it to next year okay. and now I've got to a point where I think I've got I've got about five races already booked for next year and I've got no idea no idea where when they are oh, so I need, to, I need to start sort of looking through the um looking through emails and finding out what I've what I've sort of automatically signed up for because I, I've just got to make sure I don't end up double booking myself yeah it's going to be a busy year for sure because I, yeah. I know the same I know a few people now who next year or or even kind of squashed up or what was going to be squashed up in over the next kind of few weeks there was a lot of people running you know, 50 mile one week and 100 mile one week, and then another 100 miler a few weeks after, and it would have it would have been crazy. It would have been ludicrous to do all that all that mileage. So yeah, exactly. So, so Ian, listen, I've taken loads of your time already, and I just That's I just right. wanted wanted to before we get, we go into some some of the recovery run questions, I was going to ask you just to find out what goals uh, you have in mind, races perhaps that you want to you want to do, times you want to achieve over the over the coming year or next year. Yeah, so so I think the main thing for me is I would like to get back into um, start doing the, doing the longer distances again. So I think um, the midterm goal is to definitely get back into doing another marathon. I know that just the the way I'm um, just the way how how running's going for me now. I know, I know I'm running. I know if I'm, I'm running better than than I was, which is fantastic. Mm. Um, I feel I think one thing just briefly touching on with the club again I think one thing that's really helped my running is sometimes you run when you're kind of running with other people yeah sometimes it, it does if you're running it does it drags you along you see someone just ahead of you just like no I want to I want to keep up with them but I think one thing that's really helped is sometimes we go out on a, on a Sunday morning and just do like a gentle like slow Sunday run yep and I think one thing that's helped me is just doing a long run slowly because um, I find if I run by myself, sometimes I just run a little bit too quickly for those longer runs. I mean, it doesn't yeah. doesn't necessarily hurt. Um, I'm not sort of pushing myself 100%, but I do notice if I run by myself, I'm running at a certain speed. And if I'm running with a group of people just taking it easy and talk, obviously talking doesn't make a difference. And that, um, you know, that I'm running almost a minute a mile slower, but yeah. I just feel you know, I, I, I feel, you know, I feel, feel great when I finish. And I think that helps with sort of building up distances and recovery so yeah 
I know. So yeah, I think so. I think yeah, definitely doing a marathon. I think that's um need to get 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 sort of get myself up into into the marathon range, and I think long term, I, I, what I would like to definitely do is um do do one of the ultras. So so talking for instance about Southlands Way, I think I would I think a hundred a <laughs> hundred is is, is uh, that's try a the fifty first. Yeah, yeah, I think that's too much for me just now. But I think definitely either I was thinking either the South Southdowns Way 50 or the I think the race to the Kings 53 miles I think so one of those two I think those yeah. sort of races that are local ish and I think that's I think no, that's a that's a good target to aim for for me. Fantastic I've, I've got another good uh, recommendation if you're interested in that is the London the Action Challenge London to Brighton race. Oh yes yeah, so that is that about 50 is that about 50 ish as well. I think that I think that one is about a hundred k, so it's it's not much more, but yeah, it would feel like a lot more uh, during the day. But it's it's, <laughs> ar- it's around that mark anyway. That's a really good kind of intro run, and you know you, you may finish that Ian and go, do you know what? A hundred miles, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I'm, it's something I want to do in the future. So yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. You never know. Just say you had had to build up to it. So um, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't rule it out. Cool, great. That's really that's really exciting to hear. So yeah, if you if you ever want to have a chat about any of those those kind of distances, then we we definitely need to hook up for a run at some point. But Perfect. I'm going to um I'm going to move on to some recovery run questions now for you, Ian. So uh, yep, these, no are, these are fast fire questions, uh, quick answers, and uh, yeah, hopefully uh hopefully you enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> so first one, favorite park run course. Favorite park run. Um, oh God, I've I've done quite a few now. I think I think it's going to have to be um. It's gonna to have to be uh, QE, I think, Queen Elizabeth Country Park, oh, just because one. it's so it's so tough. But it's just when you finish, it's it's, it's, it's when you you get get across the finish line, it's such an accomplishment. And it was, I've run it twice. I've only run it twice, and one day it was absolutely boiling hot, you know, completely dry. And the second time I ran it, it's a bit sad actually. It was it was the last weekend before part run finished and that was the last oh, right. time I did it and it was just a quagmire it was just mud everywhere and <laughs> I was just like I stayed upright or anyone who knows me knows I have a habit of, of falling over doing any sort of trailing trail, right. trail running but I managed to stay up all the way around and um Results. And, I, I, I had to concentrate so hard but yeah I think that's definitely my favorite fantastic what's your favorite post-race meal or drink <laughs> well um if anyone again if anyone knows me my um my instagram name is is haribo so it's basically uh, sweet yeah. stuff i i do have a um i do have a sweet sweet too so it's basically either other sort of the haribo tang fastics or, or jelly babies oh good good man man off my <laughs> own heart i'm the same I've, we've always got sweet stuff in the house always too much so uh, yeah i'm always chewing on fruit sweets or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh favorite day of the week to run on Oh, that's a good. I'll I'll say probably Sunday because Sunday's Sunday long like runs. the um Sunday's a day where I sort of do a long run and just think to myself, right, let's go, let's try and run somewhere a bit different, or or yeah, or either or either, either running with with a group of people or trying to do something myself that's slightly different. Yeah. Speaking of different runs, you should you should take a listen to last week's show where we had the the founder of Blended Trails, which was a a kind of pop up trail race that. Oh, um, right that happens so they they kind of mark these courses off each month and then they the courses stay open for a couple of weeks and runners can just go on their own run the course and then log their time via strava and then it kind of builds a table of of who's done what um, oh, right. re- really great and unique idea to see different places yeah it sounds fantastic yeah, yeah it's really that. good what's uh what trainers are you currently currently running in 
Um, so for road running, I've got some, I'll use ASICs. So I've got ASICs GT 2000s. Okay. Um, trail running, I've currently got some New Balance ones, although I've, I've almost worn those out. So I probably, probably need to get some new ones, I think. Okay, cool. Excellent. Can you recommend a good running book that you may have read or a film that you've seen for, for the listeners? Um, so I think running sort of running book i think it sort of ties in quite well to um the gym shutting i suppose so i try and go to the gym once a week and i found i found doing that has, has really helped me stay injury free and i don't think okay. it's it doesn't think surprising that when i when we had locked down the first time the gym shut i'd got towards the end of may i got got injured um just yeah. because i think i sort of wasn't doing enough of the correct exercises so there's one um there's a book which i've got which is called the runner's expert guide to stretching and it's a guy by a guy called paul hobro who's like a really good really good physio and some of the exercises there are really they're sort of pilates type exercises and i found okay. using that doing those and and basically just trying to activate different muscles has, has really helped me sort of if i'm not a not a, able to go to the gym Okay, brilliant, excellent. Thanks for that. That's a, that's a new one and uh, something I'm very interested in as well. So, so um, I might go and look that up. Mm. Um, and can you name someone who's inspired you uh, in your life, either to run or or just general inspiration? Hmm, that's a good question. Honestly, <laughs> I would I would I would honestly say say it was probably my mum because oh, that's cool. She's um when I've done races in London, so London Marathon, and and last year I did one called the called ultra london although the course i did was 27 kil- kilometers so it wasn't an ultra so it sounds like i've i've got a t-shirt saying <laughs> ultra ultra london but it looks like a big lie but yeah. but she's i mean she's like she, i mean she is literally my my biggest fan and i sort of say to her okay at this time i'm going to be here um so if you get there five minutes before there and then i'm finishing at this time i should finish at this time and she's like she knows nothing about running at all but she you knows she's always there and she's always if I if I if I tell her to to be somewhere at a certain time, she's always there. Even if she's standing by herself, she's always there with a little sign or something like that. So so That's yeah, she's she's been my 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 running inspiration. Fantastic, lovely answer, great answer, Ian. Listen, thank you so so much for coming onto the show. No problem at all. Sharing. I enjoyed it. It was a real inspiring story, really. It was a pleasure to have you on, and I thoroughly enjoyed learning about, about your running story. Um, and I find it still incredible just how you got back to it after having such a horrid time. Um, as a child running and obviously with the asthma and everything. So oh, I think yeah, you're yeah. a fantastic and, and great addition to the running community down here. And oh, I think we should you. hook up for a run sometime. Yes, we should, definitely, we should definitely do that. Probably at my speed rather than your speed if you want me to talk. But <laughs> no, 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 that's, that's cool, man. It's all, it's all good along the frontier. We'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely get together at some point. And listen, I wish you all the best uh, and a good end to the year. And here's to a positive 2021. Perfect. Thank you very much, Dan. Great Take care. You. All the best, Ian. Cheers. Cheers, you too. I hope everyone enjoyed those those two interviews. Um, so I guess my question to you before we sign off for the week is now that we're in lockdown 2.0, what's on the agenda for the coming weeks ahead? Yeah, I mean, I think the sensible thing would be to look forward to 2021. But um, Mark Cobain has put a couple of challenges out there, hasn't he? So there's one that's called the rule of six. Oh, yeah. Where you have to get up at 6 a.m. and you have to run six miles every hour for six hours straight and you have to start each 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 six miles from like on the hour oh wow okay so it's almost like the big's backyard kind of format where every hour you start the six miles 
yeah but just for six hours just to get I think it's just to give people something to do when it's when we're going into lockdown but it's quite a mild challenge for him isn't it I think he's but, getting soft I, I wouldn't tell him that because he has then <laughs> balanced that or counteracts it with a virtual hill so okay. I think hill has to be two and a half or three miles up um, as a circuit up and down or out and back okay um, totaling uh, a few hundred feet per per hill rep and you have to total 160 miles within 48 hours so it's the the hill race but done virtual and it's really tempting but i just don't think i'll be motivated to do it so well dave i don't know like maybe it might be a good idea to include this because obviously we did the farlington yeah uh, hill rep session or hell run as i I think i called it on strava during lockdown 1.0 so maybe we could be inspired to to try a a second challenge yeah we could do i'm not sure it's gonna be 160 miles to be fair (laughs) yeah it's not certain that um the centurion one community again isn't there which is happening yes that's that's really worth mentioning because i think quite a lot of people in portsmouth actually get involved in that yeah i hope so yeah because that's anything from 5k isn't it so they do a 5k a 10k half marathon marathon 50 miles 100 miles and you have a week to do that don't you yeah yeah which is which is great i think it's it's very doable obviously the 100 in a week is 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 pretty hard work for 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 most Mm. runners so um it's it's a you know you can either do the nice challenge or you can actually do a challenge it's it's very achievable but uh yeah it's going to be going to be tough it's good to have something to concentrate on like that and it's totally open for people with all that do all distances as well so i might give that a crack but i certainly won't do the 100 mile week again just because i just don't think i can be bothered <laughs> okay well and i think also rerun clothing are doing something partnered with centurion as well that week where you can enter to get one of their frankensteinian t-shirts that's right so don't I, see that bit would be i would sign up to that but i think you have to sign up to a centurion thing as well don't you because they send you the t-shirt and then you have to do that race that they send you that's on the t-shirt so you could get anything from like park run up to like a spartathlon t-shirt or something like that yeah it's just and basically it, luck of the draw and i think they're doing they're actually doing the draw of the t-shirts online uh, on sunday so that could be that could be quite interesting to watch as well so hilarious yeah yeah interesting <laughs> interesting well that that sounds good so i look forward to hearing which um which uh, cobain challenge you you enter and uh yeah. hopefully we get to run together because i think we can still run in pairs so we can still run with one yeah. other person so hopefully catch up with you soon yeah well we did quite a lot of speed work in the first lockdown and seeing as i have the car at the moment i'll definitely come down and we can do something that'd be awesome do you know i'm still very keen to try our 30 by 30 second uh intervals along the seafront because that was really good fun i enjoyed that <laughs> vomit set yeah, the proper comment <laughs> session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, listen, um, good luck to you and over the coming week. And uh, yeah, just yeah. please pass on my regards to Heather and just tell her I'm really sorry about the South Downs Way 100. Yeah. But full steam ahead next year. Hell yeah, man. Take it easy. Oh, look after yourself, Dave. And thanks, listeners. Take care. See you all on the next show. Cheers. Bye. Bye.